Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one Get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Free Talk Live. Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. If you want to join us tonight, it's Ian and Matt. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Phones are open. You can bring up anything that happens to be on your mind. We've got all kinds of stuff in the news to talk about. You wanted to talk about, Matt, and we'll get to this at some point, uh, Peter Schiff. And his son, first of all, we'll get into who Peter Schiff is and, you know, who his son is and what all that's all about, because there's apparently memes being passed around the internet about him. It's blowing up. We'll talk about that. Uh, But also something that blew up recently, I guess, was Donald Trump's new website. I don't know if you heard about this, but I spotted the news late last night that apparently Donald Trump has announced a social media website of his own. Yeah, it'll probably blow up, and then it'll probably blow up well it hadn't even officially opened yet and already it got hacked (laughs) apparently and we can talk about that coming up here Uh, of course your calls and thoughts are welcome the number is 603-283-6160 but this is something that you know and i'm not a huge you know i'm not a trump fan or anything like that i think he's the most entertaining president i miss the memes really bad i I, you know I, i do miss the uh the trump mean mean tweets as they as they call them i i did enjoy some of those it was the best so so as far as the entertainment factor is concerned he was the most entertaining president of, of yeah. my life you know the united states is over because that was peak politics right there everything is down the tubes yeah me. i wish it would have ended during trump i wish he would have been the That's, last should have been the last uh, one president but call it, it right didn't, there it didn't happen that way yeah. um but uh but you know i don't i don't care for his policies i, I don't care for any president's policy nope. I'm, I'm not in favor of the democrats i don't want republicans i don't want anybody Mm-mm. to tell me how to live my life and I don't think you do either. Uh-uh. So, but that said, he's an interesting character and uh, he does things that are worth talking about. And it was disappointing to see him getting banned off of uh, the mainstream social media websites earlier this year, which mm. of course happened right around the time of January 6th, the so-called insurrection, which was to me nothing more than an unauthorized tour of uh, the Capitol building. From what I understand, the FBI orchestrated that. There's definitely video of the police apparently just letting people in. Yep. 
So that that does make you go, hmm, when it yeah. comes to what that was really all about. And that the, the one security guard running away from the crowds, he looked very, <laughs> it looked like an act of a run. It wasn't like, you know, this was not tactical sprinting. This was, <laughs> this was just <laughs> like, look, I'm afraid and I'm yeah. running. They're going to get me. <laughs> ah. So I had said at the time, like, Oh, you know, Trump missed his opportunity. He he should have known that the trend was toward deleting people from these big media, big tech websites. Sure. I mean, that, that, that writing was clearly on the wall. I imagine he felt invincible because he's the president. They would never delete the president. Well, they did. What he should have done, of course, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, obviously, but he should have created his own website at that time and started using whatever posting ability he had on these other sites to draw attention to his other site, to draw attention to his new site. So he's doing it now, but it's 10 months later, and he announced something called Trump Social. Oh, sorry. uh, Was it not Trump Social? Something else social. Truth Social. That's what it was called. Uh, Truth Social. And immediately it has faced attack. According to uh, MSNBC, former President Donald Trump and his team declared Wednesday night that they would soon launch a media powerhouse that would help them triumph in their long-running war against big tech. But within hours, pranksters found what appeared to be an unreleased test version of the site and posted a picture of a defecating pig to the Donald J. Trump account. The site called Truth Social has since been pulled offline, evidence that Trump is likely to face a daunting challenge in building an internet business that can stand on its own. Banned by all major social networks after his supporters stormed stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, Trump has for months agitated to regain the online megaphone that once blasted his voice around the world in a presentation released Wednesday by his new media company, Trump Media and Technology Group. His team hailed the new social network as the first tentpole for a new Trump-led media news and internet empire that would one day compete with CNN, Disney, and Facebook. I wonder, A, what about poor Rumble? They just got all big and stuff, and everybody, all the Trumps, Trumpsters went over to Rumble, right? Or was it Rumble? Yeah, or one of Rumble the- is a video sharing platform, oh, correct? Oh, uh, didn't it, wasn't there some other social networking platform they went over to? That- uh, it started with a P. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There was something last year... It was like, oh, hey, come on over here. We support, yeah. quote unquote, free speech. Yeah. And everybody went over there. Uh, if, and then if, they got banned from like Apple or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, what what happens to those those networks? Is he just going to leave them high and dry after they've... Uh, He's not know? on those networks from what I can tell. Oh, really? I don't think Trump has been posting social media posts since January. I don't believe he popped up on any of these other services. Yeah, I know. My life has been fairly empty. <laughs> I, I've... Do you remember last year the memes? How good! They, oh my God, the memes oh, were yeah. amazing, amazing. And my my other my other question is: Is the FBI directly hosting this, this the new site, site, or are they just like modding it? Well, it's definitely being hosted in a very piss poor manner. I mean, they well, uh, it's the FBI, right? Well, that leads credence to your suggestion <laughs> yeah. that the FBI is actually behind it. Um, but I, I, you know. I don't know. I think you would think Trump would have done a better job. I mean, the guy's got some money purportedly. He's got to find somebody that knows what they're doing with this website. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting targeted like this. They're, this is going to be one of the most targeted sites absolutely, for hack, defacing, takedowns, 
you know, database extraction, you know, whatever kind of attacks that these guys can do on this site, they're going to do it. Uh, according to the story here at MSN, the site's early hours revealed lack security, rehashed features, and a flurry of bizarre design decisions. An open sign-up page allowed anyone to use the site shortly after it was revealed, sparking the creation of the Donald J. Trump account. So, on the test site, no one had made... On the Donald Trump account? Yeah, no one had made the at Donald J. Trump or whatever, so somebody else did, and posted a pig icon to it. The Washington uh, Washington Post reporter was able to register and post under the account name Mike Pence without any stops in place. New signups were blocked shortly thereafter. The Trump Media Technology Group spokesperson did not immediately respond to requests for comment. The site looks almost entirely like a Twitter clone. A user can post what are called truths. So on Twitter, it's a tweet. On uh, our Mastodon server, they're called toots. And over on Trump's site, they're truths, which are like tweets, or retruths, which are retweets. There's also a news feed called the Truth Feed, a notification system so users can know who interacts with their truths. The social network's app store profile states... I do wonder. Oh, I was I was literally just asking in my head. I was like, "Did Trump actually make a new social media system, or are they using Mastodon?" They are using Mastodon. Mastodon, huh? Yeah. So good, good for Trump on that case because that's a good move. Mastodon mm-hmm. is a nice uh, quality piece of software. You, we use it mm-hmm. over at social.freetalklive.com. So if you want to see what Mastodon is like, you can go to our social site, Gab which a lot of users may have heard of that was sort of like the alt-right alternative website, even though it purports not to be. It's attracted it a ton of right-wingers. Uh, Gab switched. They weren't originally they weren't originally a Mastodon site, but they switched to Mastodon a couple years ago, and there was all this hubbub from the Mastodon creators because, well, the people who made Mastodon are based in, like, France and Germany. Oh, They're I thought they were Russia. Um, enough, I mean, there may be a Rush, Russian contributor to it. I don't know. But they, aren't they anarchists? If they're anarchists, they're quote-unquote anarchists. Oh. You know, would be maybe ANCOMs or something like yeah. that. Uh, they are not. They were not happy with Gab huh. taking their software. But it's open source, so, yeah. like, you know, that's, too bad. Isn't that the whole purpose Yeah, of that's it? the whole point. And so I'm sure they're not going to be happy about uh, Trump's thing going on. But we can talk more about this here. And, you know, what is Mastodon? It's an open source system, so anybody can use it. Anybody can can modify it, too. You can... Anything that's open source, you can download it. If you've got somebody that knows how to program, you can send that over to them, and they can do all kinds of custom tweaking. Make a copy. Make it make it look however they want to. So, yeah, indeed, they actually talked to the Mastodon founder, and we'll see what he had to say about this, because, again, he's no friend to people on the right. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, in addition, coming up, the backlog of uh, ships off the California coast, it's now at a record level. So it hasn't gone down since they went 24-7. Free Talk Live, welcome to the program. The phones are open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about the new Trump website that apparently has already been targeted for uh, hacking. The site's up right now. It's called truthsocial.com. And there's like one of those sort of, hey, you know, let me on the waiting list, sign up things. You don't get to actually join the site. But apparently there was some somebody found a secret URL 
And, you know, I don't know how they do these things, right? But they they did. People they, got a lot of time on their yeah, hands. Yeah, and, and these guys are experts, a lot of these these guys. They know these systems and how they work. So they found, uh, like, a back-end uh, sign-up. They went ahead and signed up. Somebody created the username Donald J. Trump <laughs> and then proceeded to post some sort of offensive pig photo or something to uh, to the profile, which resulted in them blocking sign-ups and taking the site down. Now, apparently, the site is back up. Uh, it was stated in the media yesterday, I think, that they're planning on launching this thing sometime next month. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch this develop. The left, uh, the leftist media is upset about this, including one of the Mastodon founders. So, again, Mastodon is an open source uh, social media site that is designed to be like Twitter. So, if you've ever been on Twitter, you know that you can... You know, you can tag people with a little at symbol. You type their username and then they're tagged in the post. Or you can do a hashtag, which, you know, some sort of word that you want people to easily search or whatever. So it has those two main features. And otherwise, it you know, it's got the retweet feature, which they call retoot over on uh, on Mastodon. And it's it's a fine piece of software. That's why we decided to go with it uh, last year when we launched. Was it last year? I guess early this year, maybe. Yeah, I think it was early, early this year when we launched uh, the Free Talk Live social site, which you can go to social.freetalklive.com and you can create your own account there. And by the way, Mastodon is a federated system. And what that means is it's kind of decentralized. It's still centralized in that there's a server somewhere in Iraq running our software that can be taken down or could go down or we could shut it down, right? Like, so if we shut the server down, your account's gone. Although you can download all your account information and then you could upload that somewhere else. So you can still have control over the things that you post, which is a, is a nice thing. But it's decentralized in that anyone can run this software. If they've got, you know, if you know how to run a, like a Linux server or whatever, I'm not the right person to do that. You probably aren't either, Matt. Nope. But we know people who are. And, uh, you know, as long as you've got the, the chops... You can run one of these servers. So there are thousands of Mastodon servers on the internet as we speak. Many it's of them- probably not all that hard. I mean, if you YouTubed it, you could probably figure out how to how to do it. Well, I mean, obviously you can take uh, tutorials online uh, as far as how to administer servers. But if you don't know what you're doing, somebody's going to show you, you know, the ropes, right. uh, you know, by hacking your site. Right. But then again, if you're just some little site that no one knows about, you're not likely to be targeted. Whereas Trump on the other hand, is one of the high, most highly likely to be targeted. Uh, so check out social.freetalklive.com. And also, I do want you to know about Bitcoin.com. So you've probably heard that Bitcoin hit a record all-time high yesterday of close to $67,000. And maybe you're finally ready to take some time and go and learn about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And I know you want to talk about crypto later, Matt. We'll get to that story uh, about the shifts here in a little bit. But uh, Bitcoin.com, you click Get Started at the top of the page. Then you are presented with lots of introductory inform- uh, information, including a all of three-minute-long introductory video that will teach you the basics about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. So it's a great place to get started. If you want, you can dig in further than just that one video. You can watch more than one. There are several options there for you. But get started, because cryptocurrency isn't going away. It's going to become... Well, they're going to ban it, and then it'll just cease to exist, though. Yeah, uh, crypto don't like being banned. It it doesn't. Wait, oh wait, yeah, right. Okay, that's going to do absolutely nothing. It could make life a little more difficult, but it's certainly not going to go away. It'll just just push things underground. More underground. This technology is not going away. I mean, China has attempted to ban it, 
And again, it just means that it's going to be hard to openly say you accept crypto. You won't be able to easily hang out your shingles, so to speak. If yeah, I think what they're going to, I think what they're saying is anybody who's running a miner is acting as a broker. Now you're talking about the United States yeah, and what their the infrastructure uh, yeah, bill. the proposals and that. We did discuss that briefly last night, but check out Bitcoin.com and you can learn more about it there. Plus, if you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got those two over at news.bitcoin.com. So we're just kind of talking about the uh, the Trump social website. It's actually called Truth Social. And of course, as you might expect, the mainstream media is trying their best to skewer this site. Not only are they reporting on the defacing of the website, they're also reporting that its terms of service are contradictory to its supposed you know, purpose. The purpose of the site is truth, right? To allow people to express their truth. They're saying that the terms of service are not aligned with that we can what look do at they that. say well we can look at that here but i i want to i want to see what the mastodon founder has to say we're, we're sharing a story from msn uh about the defacing of this website again some hackers found a back-end way of getting into the site even though it's not technically open they found an opening and they went in there created a donald j trump account and posted a, a pig photo to the account and then the site was shut down and they did take it offline completely apparently but the founder of mastodon this open source software eugen rockcho told the post thursday trump's site may violate mastodon's licensing rules which required developers to share any modifications and link to the original source code oh. Rochko says he's contacted the company's legal counsel to make a determination. Mastodon would not be able to take the site down in case of a violation, he said, because users can host the software on their own servers. Quote, such independence is one of the selling points of the platform, he said, but continued saying it's not an independence from the law. So avenues to take action still exist through legal proceedings. Hmm. Sounds like the Mastodon guy built in something to take down people he doesn't like. Yeah, and that's disappointing. Yeah, you know that is. that uh, it, it is an indicator that the people who are behind Mastodon aren't really in favor of free speech. Right now, I understand there are these things, and you know, if Chris was here, our Friday night co-host, I'm sure he'd be able to tell us a little bit more about this because he's like the free software guru. Yes. He's, he's all into this stuff. He's a genius when it comes to that. Yeah, and a lot of these free software um, packages, they do have licensing terms. But on the other hand, Trump certainly didn't sign them, right? Like, when you, when you, um, you know, you install a piece of software, there's those terms of service. Have you ever read them? No. No. But I mean, by clicking yes, he's, you have. You do, in theory. I mean, and if you want to, and and, and I I honestly think that this guy, even though he might be building in some scumbaggery into his terms of service, Mm -hmm. I think that those are the terms of service. If you agree to him, you agree to him. And a few years ago, do you think that? Absolutely, because they could say the same thing about Bipcot NoGov, the Bipcot license. Well, we could talk about what that is, but the thing is, with these terms of service, a lot of them, including Trump's terms, because I actually was reading them last night. I I pulled it up because I I was thinking, okay, well. You know, what sort of nasty stuff is in this Trump user agreement? And okay. so I wanted to go and, and look through it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The thing is, a lot of these terms of service, they're sort of unilateral. And what I mean by that is a lot of them say, point number one, we can change these terms of service at any time. And it's your responsibility to notice. And they do. And you get a notice and nobody goes to read that either. 
Yeah, and sometimes they don't even have to give you notice. More coming up. Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. Free Talk Live, open phones. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the, uh, the recent, not really launch, but announcement i guess of the new trump website the trump social media site which is not called trump social surprisingly they called it truth i am social. actually really surprised they didn't call it trump social yeah. the ego on that guy it must have taken run to that yeah it must have taken a lot for him to uh, resist the temptation I bet there were a lot of meetings about talking him out of that <laughs> so uh they apparently got hacked there's actually a story over the daily dot about exactly or you know, in some level of detail about exactly how that happened. How did the hacker manage to get into the site and create an account called Donald J. Trump and then post a pig uh, photograph to it, which resulted in a shutdown completely of this sort of secretive uh, access to the site. But what we've actually been talking about here is the sort of the, the back end guts of this. What is it? It's a Mastodon server. And Mastodon is, and I don't think I fully explained this, Mastodon is uh, decentralized and it is uh, federated, which means that the thousands of Mastodon servers out there, and we run one of them called social.freetalklive.com, are connected together unless they choose not to be. So what happened when Gab, uh, this sort of right-wing, alt-right, alternative social media site that kind of made a splash a few years back, Kind of like right around the beginning of Trump, I think, is when Gab kind of was getting in the, into the news. When they went to Mastodon, a bunch of Mastodon servers threw up their collective hands in disgust and disconnected. So they disfederated from the Gab server. And uh, as uh, Eagle Die Flesh Curse on our DLive chat says, when Gab switched to Mastodon, the developers had an SJW meltdown. Major instances and apps blocked gab and that's actually a good thing that's the beautiful that's one of the beauty uh the beauties of the mastodon platform is hey if there's somebody out there running a mastodon server and you think they're bad news you don't want them to be connected to you just disconnect from them and then what that does is it makes it so your your listeners or rather your users on the server that you're running they can't search for you know Donald Trump and find the Donald Trump uh, account if you've disfederated your server from that other server. Mm. And so I think by default, as I understand it, Mastodon is all connected. So when you when you start a Mastodon server, you're you're connected to all the rest of them. But if they find out about you and they don't like you, they can say, "Hey, we don't want to, we don't want to talk to those people," and just disconnect. Huh. So that should be all that they should be able to do. But instead, the founder or one of the founders of Mastodon is now saying they might sue. Donald Trump over this uh, this new website that he's launched, which is using the Mastodon software, claiming that it has violated the company's licensing rules. So, 
and you know, are they going to be able to make any money off of this, or you know, what what is the, the potential punishment here? What what would it cost Mastodon, which is I can't imagine they're just raking in the dough over at Mastodon. It's just an open source project. I mean, I'm sure they get donations from some people, but they probably don't have like significant revenue. They don't have advertisers or anything like that. So can they even afford the attorneys uh, to bring this case and go up against Donald Trump? It'll be interesting to see uh, how it shakes out if they end up doing anything. But we ended up talking about just terms of service in general. And, and let me read to you. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like reading terms of service, but this is just one paragraph uh, to give you an idea. Two sentences, basically. This is the Donald Trump Mastodon. Service. Yeah, this is from the Donald Trump TruthSocial.com terms of service, and this is what you will find in a lot if you actually were to read your cell phone agreement or you know you fill in the blank. One of these major corporate terms of service, you'll find a lot of them say things like this. We will alert you about any changes by updating the last updated date of these terms of service, and you waive any right to receive specific notice of each such change. It is your responsibility to periodically review these terms of service to stay informed of updates. You will be subject to and will be deemed to have been made aware of and to have accepted the changes in any revised terms of service by your continued use of the site after the date such revised terms of service are posted. Did you follow that? Uh, it's shady. They're basically saying they can alter or edit the terms of service anytime. It's your problem to go read it and find out that it happened. That's correct. Yeah. And you can only find out that it happened because it'll be different from the last time you read it. Correct. But they'll change the date so you can know that there's been changes. Oh, that's pleasant. And what changes they'll be, well, I don't know because they're not going to like highlight them or anything like that. So you know how long these things tend to be. Update to the terms of service. We're also sharing this with the NSA now. Yeah. Well, of course, everything's going to be, you know, the NSA is going to ingest this whole thing. But the point being, this isn't uncommon. Like, you, you know, you can make fun of the Trump site for having this term, but I guarantee you, you will find very similar terms in a ton of sure, corporate terms of service. Sure. Now, some of them will say, we'll give you notice. Like, we'll send you an email or something. And every now and then you'll see that. Like, yep. an email will come in saying, we've updated our terms of service. If you uh, keep using our service, you agree to the, you know, the continued terms. Which isn't the same thing as like, you know, I mean, at least when you're presented with the terms of service and you have an OK button, somebody had to click that OK button before they could get into the thing. But after the fact, am I obligated to read every damn email coming into my inbox? I can tell you I don't. You can't. You can't. You might not even get it. It might even slip into your spam folder, even if you had the intention. Like, all right. I'm going to read every single terms of service update as soon as they email me about it. Oh, oops, they've been going into your spam folder. You didn't know about it, and all the, they've changed all the terms on you. So how is any of this legit? How, how are any ter- – I mean, even if you could argue that the first terms of service was okay where you you know had to click okay, the rest of them, I don't, I don't agree. I don't well, think these are legitimate it's a, it's agreements. Le- it's legit because it's a term of service. If you don't like that they're moving the goalposts constantly without telling you, then you shouldn't do business with them in the first place at all. I don't disagree that you, you know, in theory, shouldn't do those things. But I'm telling you, you can't find terms of services that are like, okay, this is it. This is the way it's always going to be. They all have the ability to modify themselves, and it's, it's unilateral. You don't get to negotiate them. You don't get to say, oh, no, 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 no. 
You don't get to change my terms. I'm going to agree to this set of terms, and then if you want, we can renegotiate later. No, it's always we can yeah, just update paragraph we three want. and section four is a little wordy. Can yeah. we? Uh, yeah. Well, in theory, you should be able to do that to a real contract, right? Because part of uh, contract negotiation is negotiation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember offhand, there's like four or five elements to every contract. There's like offer, offer there's um, consideration. consideration, and there's acceptance, and there's like, you know, a few different, there's a couple others we're not yeah. thinking of. But you don't get that with terms of service. No. It's like, here's, here's what we offer to you, take it or leave it. And that's not, I'm not saying that's illegitimate as far as, hey, we got a thing, you want a thing, you got to agree to this in order to get our thing. But it's not a real contract. And it shouldn't have the enforceability of a real contract, is all I'm saying. It's just a unilateral contract. It's one-sided. You yeah, check, you, and I don't you believe check, that's a real contract. You check a box contract. and hit send. That's whatever. what I'm saying. I don't think that's a real contract. It's a, it's a terms of service, but it's not a contract. And it shouldn't be treated like a contract, which is what I mean is this Mastodon guy shouldn't be able to sue over uh trump doing this wonder if there's any lawyers in the audience listening you could tell us if if a terms of service is actually a, a contract it's got to be it's gotta, i would think it is well in the case of mastodon he uses this the term licensing agreement which is a little bit of a different term you know word than terms of service and <sighs> and again it's one of those things it's like okay well if some programmer clicks an okay button on the licensing agreement who trump hired to do a thing does that obligate the entire organization to the licensing agreement, or is it just this one programmer who, I mean, he read the thing, maybe, but does Trump know what's going on, or does the manager know? I, I, there's just so much that's disconnected from this whole process. Yeah, kind of like the Constitution, like who signed it? Exactly. I don't. Right. How did, how did those people signing the Constitution hundreds of years ago For me? obligate anyone who's alive today? Yeah. So a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense. I think that if you violate terms of service... The most that should ha- be able to happen to you, and generally this is the most that ever happens, is they just dis- you know, they dis- disserve you. You're out. They delete your account. You're done. And that should be all that should come. If you violate the licensing terms of this agreement, I, again, I don't, I don't think they should be able to collect any kind of money or anything like that. What are they going to do? It's open source software. They can stamp. I think they, they can stamp their feet, but. Should they be able to get hundreds of thousands of dollars? You can weigh in here if you want. 603-283-6160. More about the Trump social media site getting hacked. Coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The number, 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. That is the point here of the program. We've been talking about the new Donald Trump website, which I'm actually really surprised. We suggested this earlier this year that they should use Mastodon, and they did. Uh, They're using the Mastodon system, which we've got installed over at social.freetalklive.com. But uh, apparently they didn't do a very good job in setting up security on their site because uh, it already got entered without permission. And somebody created a uh, Donald J. Trump account on the site and uploaded, a, uh, I guess, a photo of uh, an image of a pig to the profile. There wasn't like an actual hacking of the site's internals or anything from what I've heard. Well, but- the amount of hatred Donald Trump has 
the 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 level of cybersecurity necessary to protect that site it's would be, be top level incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to watch this uh, develop, and I'm actually really happy that it's Mastodon because, uh, like I said, I I don't care about you know Trump as far as his politics are concerned, but he's entertaining, and so I would hit the follow button on a Trump Mastodon account, and that in in theory, unless they have done something to break the. Um, the federation of this particular site, as I was explaining before, Mastodon is federated, which means that by default, you're connected to all the thousands of other Mastodon sites unless they decide to opt out from being connected to you. And I'm sure some of them will. Sure. But uh, I'm not going to opt out of that. So I, I want people to be able to follow whoever they want yeah. on uh, on Mastodon. So we'll, we'll see how that, that pans out. Again, the site's not officially open yet. They're taking, you know, they want on the email list, basically. So they're taking on... Uh, you know, a list of folks who want to learn more and, and get signed up over at their website, Trump. I, I keep saying Trump Social. It's tr- truthsocial.com. But I want to continue here with the story. And again, if you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. Uh, this story from msn.com. They are saying that uh, the Trump social media site seems to be the pol- aimed to be the politically incorrect safe space he had promised uh, that uh, Trump's son, Donald uh, Donald Trump Jr., promoted the social network on Fox News Wednesday night, saying it's the platform for everyone to express their feelings, would be in beta testing for the next few weeks, and would launch fully in the first quarter of 2022. The social network's rollout bears little resemblance to the caustic, attack-filled attitude that defined Trump's years on social media. Truth Social's listing on Apple's App Store said the site will have a, be a place for families with varied opinions to, quote, come together and have an amazing time and share their viewpoints of the world, unquote. The company boasted the site will showcase basic features that have been expected of social networks for nearly a decade, including the ability to create a profile, post news stories, photos, and videos. The site's terms of service, however, list some rules that would hamstring Trump himself. The site will ban, for instance, the excessive use of capital letters, a hallmark of Trump's (laughs) online screeds. Though the site portrays itself as a refuge for free speech uncensored by big tech, Trump's site will ban any content that would, quote, disparage, tarnish, or otherwise harm, in our opinion, us and or the site, the terms state. Now, I like I was saying, I was actually looking through the terms of service because I wanted to see if there would be like a bunch of hypocritical stuff in the terms of service uh, last night when I first found out about it. And, and honestly... I didn't really feel like it was particularly unusual. I didn't feel like it was unusually restrictive or anything like that. Uh, yes, they do have some things in here, but the the point about the capital letters, it's in a larger paragraph, and the paragraph says, upload or transmit viruses, Trojan horses, or other material, including excessive use of capital letters and spamming. I think what they mean is somebody who's doing nothing but, you know posting huge long posts of just capital letters right like i don't think they mean one sentence of capital letters i I, that's that's my interpretation of that i mean it's still funny because so many of his followers do that (laughs) they're always screaming i think it's one of those things that is not going to be enforced for the most part on somebody who uses it occasionally but as the rest of the paragraph says that interferes with any party's uninterrupted use and enjoyment of the site or modifies, impairs, disrupts, alters, or interferes with the use features, functions, operation, or maintenance of the site. So that's it's not what the mainstream media is trying to make it look like it is. 
the line about you can't disparage, tarnish, or otherwise harm us and or the site. I don't know how unusual that one is because, again, I don't generally read terms of service. No, that could be common. You know, this whole thing could have been a copy and paste for all I know. I don't read those things. That's one of the things I'm wondering uh, as well is how, how different is this from the Mastodon default terms of service? I don't know. Uh, again, it's who reads these things. But going on here, uh, the they also show the site hopes to benefit from something on which Trump has long criticized big tech. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act which protects companies from legal liability for the content of their users' posts. And I, I don't think there needs to be the Communications Decency Act. I don't think it should exist, but I also don't think that people should be held liable for the content of their users' posts. So I, sure. I, I don't think you should have to have a law that says that people aren't liable. It seems like it's obvious. Like, if somebody says a thing, that's their words. They should be the ones held responsible for that, not the person who gave them a place where they could write some stuff. Trump threatened to veto a last year a massive and unrelated bill for military spending unless Congress repealed the longstanding law. The Section 230 says, uh, let's see, Section 230, the company is, quote, not responsible for any third-party content posted on, available through, or installed from the site, including its content, accuracy, effective, offensiveness, opinions, or reliability, the site's terms of service state. And then they go on to blather about Trump and uh, Section 230. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160 is the number. I don't really think there's much else here worth covering from this particular story. But it is interesting that uh, within hours of the announcement of this website, a supposed hacker was able to breach the site. And there's a little bit of detail about exactly how they did that. According to DailyDot.com, the hacker was they got the developer's name for the app, which is T Media Tech LLC, like Trump Media Tech LLC. And they were able to utilize a website search engine called Shodan, S-H-O-D-A-N, that locates servers that are exposed to the open internet to track down the company's digital footprint. The hacker was then able to locate numerous web domains as a result, including one that appeared to be running the mobile beta for Truth Social. So again, this isn't supposed to be open. It wasn't supposed to be accessible, but they found it. They stumbled upon it yeah. looking for it. News of the public website quickly spread across social media after making its way to Canadian hacker Aubrey Kurtaner Cuttle, who was able to set up fake accounts for numerous high-profile individuals, uh, such as QAnon guru Ron Watkins, whoever the hell that is. Given that the mobile beta wasn't yet intended for public use, handles like Real Donald J. Trump and Mike, Ten- Mike Pence were openly available. The Daily Dot was able to secure the account for Donald Trump, uploading the profile image and banner previously used by Trump on Twitter to showcase the lack of verification protocols. Well, no website has verification protocols. I mean, that's something that Twitter added, I think, later on. Like, oh, we'll give you a blue check mark if you jump through whatever hoops. I don't know what they require for that. But by default, you're not required to verify yourself when you create a Twitter account. So there's nothing different there. Uh, Truth Social noticed the activity and began not only restricting access to the users who'd signed up, but blocking others from registering their accounts as well. So, you know, was it really a hack as much as it was them just finding the back door? Yeah. Basically? It was open. They just walked in. That's right. It was obscured, I guess. The back door was obscured, but it wasn't beyond the ability of these people to to figure out where it was. So this will be an interesting one to to keep an eye on. Matt, are you uh, planning on signing up over on the... Trump media social site? 
I don't see why I would. I mean, the memes won't be there. Those days are over, and that's the only reason you don't I think? was in. I was in no. Doesn't the right isn't the right way better at memeing? I mean, presumably the right will be uh, you know mostly the people I, on this I website. I, I don't think the right is extremely good at memes either. I think most of the dope memes came from libertarians. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't run and in the right wing circles. Not just libertarians, but libertarians and the apolitical in general. I, I don't run in the right winger circles or whatever, but I just know the the meme is that the left can't meme. And so that I just is, presumes that that means that they're suggesting I, the right can. I don't. The, the left cannot meme. Yeah. The, the left is horrible at memeing. That doesn't mean that the right is great at now, memeing. Wasn't there a meme you wanted to talk about tonight? Well, yeah, the, uh, the the Peter Schiff. I don't know if you've seen it. The Peter Schiff, the gold guy. Son, Peter Schiff, yeah. the gold guy. Yeah, Peter Schiff is uh, the the son of the late great Irwin Schiff. Who, oh, who rest is in a, peace. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Irwin Schiff. Yeah, oh, the great Irwin Schiff, mm-hmm. who went to prison in his eighties mm-hmm. for advocating tax freedom. Yep. Yeah. And he died there. Yep. And he was a uh, he was a talent. Oh, I wish we we're going to continue. Back. Yeah. Uh, the number here six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us. And we'll talk about Peter Schiff. Why is he being memed? What's going on with that? Uh, of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. And we'll get into you know a more serious issue, which is the backlog of ships. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It was 60 cargo ships at the time off the coast of uh, California. It's a lot more now. More coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In studio with you tonight, it's Ian and Matt. So we, uh, in the first hour, we talked about the new Trump website, the Trump social thing, which is called Truth Social. It doesn't really exist yet. They're testing it, and uh, somebody found the back end, back door wide open, went in and <laughs> created... Uh, they went through the fridge, tried on some clothes. Yeah, and- created some fake profiles and, and you know upset the powers that be behind that site, but led to a discussion briefly about memes, and there's a meme that you wanted to talk about here tonight. Matt. Well, yeah, there's, there's just this, there's a, like a rich dad, poor dad meme i've uh, read the book have you read that book i haven't I, you know mm-hmm. i actually i used to cook for a living and i cooked for the author of robert that book. kiyosaki yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I actually cooked the meal for that it's guy a good book yeah. you know it's one of those basic kind of introduction to how to get ahead uh in the world kind of books yeah it, it, i know it was really well received 
Um, but there's a meme going around now with showing Peter Schiff's face, and it says, poor dad, rich son. Because apparently, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, Peter Schiff is famously anti-Bitcoin. You know, he yes. calls it a pyramid scheme. Even It's like, does Peter Schiff know what a pyramid scheme is? He ought to know what a pyramid scheme is. He's been taking a dump on Bitcoin for years now, even as Forever. it rises and rises and rises. And he's just one of those people who just takes pleasure in every little drop, every little dip. Uh, oh, this is proof. Proof that it's a bubble. And then yeah, you know, keeps as going he, up. As he sits there and stays very mediocre in his in his other investments you know look like gold capital. i love it i mean i love <sighs> we're we're libertarians right like we love ourselves some precious metals runs in our veins there's just no doubt about it our dna is written in gold ink for but, sure but look as beautiful as it is as wonderful as it is it can't hold a candle to the success of bitcoin in the last mm. decade or it the, doesn't or the transferability i mean it's just so many things that that crypto can do that that uh, gold can't do precious metals simply can't do yeah so and nobody's saying put all your money in one spot no that's a terrible idea oh wait there are people saying put all your money in one spot peter schiff saying put all your money in gold does he say that well that's because he sells gold doesn't (laughs) he yeah basically so you know come on man peter schiff saying put all your money well now comes along spencer schiff his 18 year old 18 year old son erwin schiff's grandson Mm -hmm. and he has gone all in his entire Higher portfolio is in cryptocurrency. In I think he's a ma- he's a maximalist, isn't he? I would imagine. It yeah. sounds it. I mean, I haven't asked him. I don't know him, but um, yeah, but bad it looks plan. At things. I mean, it seems like something that for now it's working, right? Like having all going all in on Bitcoin in the last decade has been a good move, but it's generally not a good plan to go all in on anything. Uh, you know, period. maybe we should get a hold of the kid and invite him to a Bitcoin meetup up here. And he see apparently him. lives in Connecticut. Uh, it's not far. It's a drive. Yeah. It's a you know hour, couple and, hours. hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, right. you can get to the border down there. Uh, he, they live in New Haven, which is getting closer to Southern Connecticut. But mm. you know, yeah, a couple hours. Be it says there. here on his Twitter profile, Spencer Schiff. Uh, his tri- profile name is Spencer K. Schiff. Uh, it says former gold bug, now a Bitcoiner, interested in finance, Austrian economics, libertarianism. Good for him. Yeah. So what the hell is he doing in Connecticut? I have no idea. Maybe he uh, just turned eighteen. Well, you know, people have been. We, there's people in the Free State Project have been saying that's Peter Schiff forever too. Get up here with your gold brain get up here and live here and stuff what are you doing Connecticut? Yeah, he's kind of a jerk he is but you know what he's still a libertarian and he can be de-jerkified true moving you, you know yeah. when jerk libertarians move for the free state project they be they tend to get humbled hard and you think fat. i think so yeah some of them don't listen because there's a lot of egotistical libertarians yeah. out there that but uh yeah you know you also get disassociated from but you can have a good look and we have great people here that are kind of in the same business as uh peter schiff like i don't know if you know bruce fenton or not yeah but of bruce, course i do bruce moved with his whole family they live up here in new hampshire now he had us broadcast from his crypto uh seminar thing that he put on he put on a crypto convention a few years in a row and free talk i was there for almost all of them awesome people People. Except for 2020, which kind of didn't happen. I think Bruce is the type of guy that could probably talk some sense into Peter Schiff. I don't know, man. Maybe a little. We'll I don't give think, it a shot. I, a lot of people have made Peter Schiff their little pet project over the last few years, trying their best to persuade this guy to show him the the sense behind cryptocurrency. Because if you look at it and you don't have an insane bias for your product, because I mean, this guy obviously is a pimp. For gold, totally, and it's it's pretty clear he's a shill. Um, 
and he just doesn't want to see it. You and, know? you know, long run, he may, he, he, it's good to have gold. So, if no you, doubt. If you have some gold because Peter Schiff said buy some gold, you, pro- you probably didn't do your bet. You know, I would, I'm not going to tell him, I, of course, nothing here is financial advice and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm all about diversification. My personal portfolio, I want to try to diversify. I don't want to have all of one thing. You know, I want to have uh, lots of stuff. I was sitting at lunch today uh, with uh, Seth Hipple, who is the attorney in the case that I went to a court. I went to a court hearing. We didn't talk about that yet. Maybe we should talk about it later um, about what that was about. But uh, we're just, you know, at lunch and I didn't even bring it up. Seth brings out two goldbacks from his uh, his wallet and was ah. just started talking about how great uh, you know I think somebody else was talking about gold but Seth pulls out goldbacks from his wallet and he said I said where'd you get those and he said like, he got one of them at Porkfest and another one uh, client gave to him apparently no kidding and he he loves them and, and he's no dummy yeah. he's a libertarian yeah and he pointed out that um, that is something that's definitely true about these goldbacks for listeners that don't know we're talking about a product that is essentially a beautiful piece of artwork that has gold. Uh, sort of, I don't know, I don't know the best way to describe it, like sprayed in a very thin, technically adept yeah. manner that is, a, you know, very, very amazing. Uh, it's gold sandwiched between layers of polymer, essentially, and it's so super thin. You can get a one one thousandth of an ounce gold back, which is right now worth, you know, roughly three or four bucks. They're brilliant. Uh, and you can buy things with gold. So he was talking about how whenever you pull these things out somewhere, people just go, ooh, and ah, and they get very interested. And even if they're not into cryptocurrency, they're into gold. Mm-hmm, sure. And a lot more people are into gold. So, I mean, there's gold has thousands of years of history with, with mankind, you know, valuing it. Whether it be just simply for its beauty and jewelry or for industrial applications, gold isn't going to stop being valuable. It's just that it's not as valuable as Bitcoin. Right. It's well, when I say that, I mean like we're we're comparing an arbitrary standard, right? Like one Bitcoin versus an ounce of gold is. It used to be that an ounce of gold would buy you a bunch of Bitcoin. A whole bunch. Now you have to have, you know, one Bitcoin will buy you a bunch of ounces of gold. <laughs> it's flipped, for so sure. So things have changed quite a bit. Well, people like Peter Schiff would tell you that, that that all those Bitcoins that you bought with gold was a bad purchase because, you know, Bitcoin's hollow and empty and there's nothing to it. And one, at the end of the day, you got nothing. Uh, I disagree. You have you have tradability. You can actually spend Bitcoin on things. Yes. If someone else is willing to accept it for payment, then you are in business. Yeah, you uh, you can't easily send gold to anybody anywhere. I mean, it's a huge pain in the butt. You you know you got to package it. You got to ship it. It's heavy. It costs a lot more. It costs more mm-hmm. money to ship things now than it ever has. Yeah. Uh, and it'll probably get lost because the government's in charge of shipping that stuff. Yeah, or somebody takes it, or you know, customs yeah. or whatever. So it's just not meant for anything besides a, a mm-hmm. physical in-person purchase. You can still use gold for that, and that's what gold backs are great for, and it makes gold useful again. You know what I did but, this week, by the way? What? We went out to lunch at the uh, the local the the Seventh Day Adventist lady that has a little vegan shop. I got yeah her. the vegetarian buffet. She now has an Edge wallet. Hey, congratulations. Uh-huh. And I was kind of explaining it to her a little bit. I was like, here's what you, here's why you should do it. And then I brought up Corner News and Roberta, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. This doesn't look very difficult at all. No, you know, it's just, not that difficult. Yeah. They've made it easier. Uh, Cryptocurrency is easier than it's ever been. And it's not going to get harder. It's going to get easier mm-hmm. to use. It's going to get more user-friendly. It's going to get to the point where your grandma will be able to handle using cryptocurrency. Yeah, and if you're a crypto person, get out there and, and talk to your local business people. But just start a little conversation yeah. with the person. You know, talk to the manager. Say, hey, 
Have you guys ever thought about taking crypto? You know, it's, the best places to go are places that offer services above goods, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, except in the, in the case of restaurants. As, yeah. as a retired chef, I'll tell you, man, that the number one business that should have been taking crypto a long time ago and could afford to, restaurants. Absolutely. Sure. I want to continue this discussion. Your calls and thoughts are also welcome. Because we didn't get to the meme, really. I mean, we no, kind of touched we on it. Uh, but uh, Peter Schiff versus his son, Spencer. Uh, Spencer, again, just 18 years old. He's got a boatload of money now. Spencer <laughs> is all about Bitcoin, and his dad tried to talk him out of it. And now Spencer's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, inviting you, if you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about uh, Peter Schiff, or we just started talking about it with, uh, I guess, it's not a spat, it's just like an online thing where they kind of jab each other uh, between cryptocurrency, and or Bitcoin specifically, and gold. Peter Schiff, of course, is a huge gold bug. He also sells gold, so obviously he's got an interest in promoting gold. I wonder if Peter Schiff's got a Bitcoin wallet and has since 2011. Maybe. His son definitely does, and his son has done very, very well. And it's kind of funny because when you look at uh, his son Spencer's tweets, Spencer K. Schiff on Twitter, he doesn't have a whole lot of tweets normally, but if you click on the replies, you can see that he kind of trolls his dad's posts and so whenever his dad will make a post, like his dad posted something on October 19th promoting some conference of brokers or whatever, and then he just says, or or just buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> he just comments on it. And then uh, later, somebody else posts saying, everyone in the world knows a new Bitcoin all-time high is coming today. Everyone except Peter Schiff. And Spencer responds saying, he's burning incense while staring at the price chart and saying incantations in a different language. It's really weird, (laughs) referring to his dad. So let's go to your phone calls, though, and thoughts. There's this meme that uh, people are passing around about Peter Schiff, and it's a good excuse to talk about Bitcoin versus gold. And, of course, you're welcome to weigh in on whatever's on your mind. And Footloose is with us here calling from New Hampshire. Uh, I didn't get into the trial yet at all, so I'm glad you called Footloose. Good excuse to talk about it today. It wasn't your right. trial. This was no. uh, This was a trial of... Uh, d- tell us a little bit about it. What happened today? Oh, well, finally, um, some of the trials for the tickets outside uh, the governor's house for picketing in a residential neighborhood, a law or ordinance that his brother had a hand in creating uh, in in order to target our First Amendment speech outside his house. So the first uh, three trials were set today, even though they agreed to enjoin all the cases, they refused to continue these, these, uh, you know, these people, these defendants, um, and have one trial because they, you know, made up whatever excuses and these were the Newfield nine which were the nine folks who were ticketed outside of the governor's house when they tried to have a candlelight vigil and were told by the police they weren't allowed to stand in one place and they had to move around and so basically people didn't want to get arrested uh or ticketed or whatever so they like all right fine we'll do what you say you thugs and they you know started walking and then after they walked for a few minutes they got arrested 
after they did exactly yeah. what they were told to do. That basically is a summary of uh, what happened on, yeah. I think it was the end of December last year. It was pure entrapment. Like, we weren't there to mark. Right. We were there to do a candlelight vigil. A they quiet candlelight vigil. There was no speakers. There was no microphone. There was no chanting. No signs. Yeah, no signs. And um, they didn't allow us, so I said, I'll cancel it. Okay, I'm the organizer. I'll cancel it. And I just want to talk to my friends that uh, drove out here. And, let's... and so that's when they said well, the only thing we could do is march together. And they made us march down the street and back and stop. And then next thing you know, other cops are saying we have to freeze and um so yeah we all got ticketed even a, a reporter that had nothing to do with uh, you know he was not with us <laughs> right he caught wind of the story and he was there to document and take pictures and they even ticketed him yep god they're so horrible dirtbags are and there were a ton of cops yep. at this event too like there were nine people that got ticketed there were probably at least three times as many cops right yeah oh uh so yeah because because Skyler got arrested, uh, he mm. got charged with uh, trespassing and, and disorderly conduct, and that's when they, they called in 15 to 20 backup riot, these guys in, in, in full riot gear, come marching up the path for a candlelight vigil, <laughs> turned into a, you know, a march, they made yeah. us march, and all these guys in riot gear come up, and they sick, they sick literally like sick them and they point at Skyler and Savage Truth 603 give him a subscribe on YouTube mm -hmm. and uh, they snatch him up and arrest him for trespassing when we were on <laughs> public, public land way. yep yeah we're on a public way we're oh, on yeah. a public path going up to the and there's the video of this floor. and it's scary stuff i mean just these these glowering Tr hulking state troopers coming in there with like clubs in their hands man and uh, zip ties or whatever else they were ready to go these guys and mind you if you don't think the state is bad this is new hampshire which is the least bad yeah. and it's happening it's like this here, here. Yeah. you should not be wherever you are if you think that the state is overbearing you have to get to the place where it's the least bad this is it no doubt so they, they hit everybody with these charges. This was back in December. Today was the first hearing for three of the nine. There's going to be more coming, including your uh, hearing, Footloose, which I believe is coming up November 4th, correct? Yes, uh, and I'll be representing myself. So you got a bit of a teaser today of, of what the state's quote-unquote evidence is. and Yeah. Yeah, well, at least that was you got a little bit of it before they arrested you in the uh, in the courthouse. Let's talk about yeah. that for a moment, because you were just in the courtroom, uh, you know, observing what, whatever was going on. Did you even get to see the start of the trial? Did he, or did they take you out of there before it even started? Yeah, no, I got, I got through uh, halfway, and they, she said, well, we'll do a five-minute break. Okay. And it, it, it had been a while, so... And I had already been in and out of there because uh, one of the, the Samantha had left with her daughter, She had to go, and she was supposed to have a trial, and it, it was a big, like rigmarole you know kangaroo court in, mm -hmm. in my opinion and um so i go out there at the five minute break to grab some of my coffee out of my car and newfield's police is there mm. and he says frank staples you're under arrest i have a warrant i said for what wait what is going on and he said 
uh, breach of bail conditions. And it, it took a while for me to even get that out of them. You're under arrest. We have a warrant for your arrest. And they wouldn't even give me any information. I said, what the hell is going on right now? Yeah, I heard I uh, was in the, you know, I'm, I'm recording the trial and somebody comes back in the courtroom and says, Frank's being arrested. And I just stepped out there uh, as quickly as I could. And they were, by that time, they'd already gotten you over to the elevator and were ready to whisk you away. And I said, what are you arresting this guy for? That you, you, you were aware because I, I didn't realize I, I was looking around and I'm like, nobody, nobody is, is, is there was only cops out there and sheriffs out there. I was like, I don't think anybody even knows that I'm getting arrested. This yeah. is not good. I think it was Gail who spotted it. She came in and said you were being taken away. And uh, I went out there and I said, what are you arresting him for? They said, breach of bail. I said, what for? And they refused to answer. And because they, they don't know, they're they, under orders. They just act. Well, they do know. They just don't. You know, they don't have to say. I guess, or they didn't feel like it. And so they said, "Well, yeah. you know, they, we found out where they were taking him to uh, which jail." And then they, you know, the doors on the elevator closed, and, and he was gone. And then when you finally were released, they they revealed to you that this was an arrest. They they say you breached bail because you were arrested last week or whenever it was two weeks ago at the meeting that we've covered extensively here, where the, that you attended, Matt, yep. where the. Uh, the the executive council rejected the twenty seven million dollars from the federal government. Hang on, Footloose. You have time to uh, continue to discuss this. Yes, sir. All right, stand by. More with uh, Footloose from Absolute Defiance. You can check out his page. I believe it is available on Facebook. I don't think it's been taken down yet. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. He's got a Twitter account as well. This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Free Talk Live, open phones here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. Whether you want to talk about cryptocurrency, gold, or whatever happens to be on your mind, you can do that here. And coming up, we'll talk about the backlog of cargo ships. It's not getting smaller. They went 24 hours at the port, supposedly, to try to deal with the backlog and... Well, let's just say it's uh, a backlog that's getting longer, not less, uh, not lessening. We'll tell you more about that coming up here. Uh, again, the number is 603-283-6160. Also, we told you last year about Intercoin, which can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now, Intercoin.org has launched worldwide. If there's a token you want to launch or an app that you want to build for your community, go to Intercoin.org, enter your email, and the team will get in touch and learn about your needs. While you're there, if you want, you can get some Intercoin investor tokens for yourself. Head over to Intercoin.org as we go back to Footloose. Uh, He is uh, one of the founders of, if not the founder of Absolute Defiance, one of the organizations that over the last two years has really risen to to quite a bit of prominence here in New Hampshire, opposing things like mask mandates and uh, the various other tyrannies that were being shoved down people's throats by this governor. Uh, You were one of the leaders of the, uh, the protests out in front of the governor's house early this year, late last year. And one of those events, after they started cracking down and threatening the protesters in various ways, 
uh, there was a picketing ordinance, quote-unquote picketing ordinance, that the town government passed, which, strange, one of the counselors on the town council is the brother of Chris Sununu, the governor. What? Yeah, and that guy just happened to be the one that introduced the ordinance that bans people from, quote-unquote, picketing, which... On its own, you would think would be a constitutionally protected free speech activity, but regardless of that, they passed this ordinance, arguably illegal and unconstitutional, to protect supposedly the whole town of Newfields from these dastardly picketers, but we know it was all about protecting the governor. And so instead of quote-unquote picketing, like going out with signs and such, which is what we'd been doing, uh, you and a group of other uh, protesters went. I wasn't able to go because it was nighttime, and I had to. Do, we were on the air at the time, but you wanted to do a candlelight vigil out there, which doesn't doesn't involve signs. It doesn't involve chanting. It doesn't. It's not a protest. It's not a. Uh, it's not picketing in any way, shape, or form. But the way they defined picketing was like this real, you know, Lucy kind of definition of just walking, basically, like being in front of somebody's yeah. house. Go ahead, tell me more about it. So, yeah, during the trial, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, they walked past you know, the same residence twice. They were targeting the residents and like there's no targeting of anything. We didn't throw eggs at the house. We didn't toilet paper his tree. You know, Halloween's coming up. Let's just remind everybody. Um, but we didn't do anything like that. We didn't ask for anything like that. And like, I mean, what is picketing? That's the question. Mm hmm. Well, it's walking around with a picket no sign. That's what you would think. Well, you would think, but a town ordinance or a law has to say, you know, what it is so people can know what not to do. Right. You know, it could have, uh, as far as I'm concerned, what he and his brother are up to there, that's a criminal act. That's, that's a, <laughs> that's a violation of rights and uh, a violation of rights under the color of law mm -hmm. is how it goes. And yeah. that's a title 18 yeah. subsection 241 and 242. One of those is simply that. And then the other section uh, turns it into a conspiracy charge. If there was two or more people, um, colluding to deprive rights under the color of law. So that sounds the like a AG, criminal act. The, the, well, the former AG, who's now the chief justice on the New Hampshire Supreme Court, um, he, from what we understand through Freedom of Information Act requests, uh, that New Hampshire, was it New Hampshire Journal or Inside Sources? I can't remember. They dug that up. And um, that the AG reached out to the Newfields Town Board, and instigated that ordinance. So the AG allegedly did the wording. They they constructed this, passed the wording to Sununu's brother, who then introduces it, and the town council unanimously passes it, goes into effect, and then nine people get ticketed. One was arrested uh, for simply being outside of the governor's uh, property. And I want to clarify something. There was this this trial, this show trial or whatever you want to call it today that happened. They had like a, a white, not a whiteboard, but like a white pad where you can you know draw with a marker up mm. there and they're drawing like this map, uh, which is highly inaccurate because it made it look like the governor's house. They like drew a little house icon and then they drew the roundabout, or not roundabout, but uh, cul-de-sac or whatever, this, this loop that uh, is right out in front of the governor's house and the other two houses that are right there in the neighborhood. The governor's house is not sitting right next to the, the loop. It's like 200 feet away 
from this uh, this little park. As if a governor has like some common house that sits right on the curb. So they made it look like on this map that, oh, people were right out in front of the governor's house. No, the governor's frontage of this house is, it's visible, but it's like a long stone's throw away from this area. So it was highly uh, inaccurate what they were trying to represent up there today. And that's just, that's just tip of the iceberg with this trial. Would would you say that cops are liars? Absolutely. Hmm. Of course they are. They're trained to lie. Yeah. It's, oh, wait. That's all they know how to do. That's right? literally what their they training can't is. They not remember anything of detail that, that, that Seth tried to ask. Yeah. Seth was uh, Seth Hipple, Free Stater uh, attorney, was representing the, the folks that were on trial today. It was actually a couple of uh, liberty activists that we know. Uh, Bill Domenico, longtime listener here on, uh, on Free Talk Live, great activist from totally, the Manchester area. Totally brilliant, man. Another gentleman named Will, who's a real a super activist as well. But, you know, one of the things I noticed, uh, Footloose, and I don't know if you were in the trial for this part because you got arrested for a su- supposed bail violation, which happened two weeks ago at the uh, the governor's executive council meeting is what they claimed. But they, uh, at one point, basically what happened with the, the, uh, the folks that were at this event was they were told that they couldn't stand still or else it would be considered picketing them with like candles y'all didn't even get to the point of being able to bring out the candles the cops you know came on came at you they were there already when the when the candlelight vigil folks uh, arrived and the cops said you gotta walk and so they started walking down the street away from sununu's house and then because they're Cars were parked around Sununu's house, and they were thirsty or whatever. They wanted to go to the general store, which was sort of on the other side of Sununu's house. You have to walk up a little footpath that goes up like uh, one of the sides of his house. Not next to it, but a ways away. And so they uh, they started walking around the side of the circle that was opposite from Sununu's house. So as far away from his house as they could be near their cars, they walk around that side of the circle, and then they encounter a cop... Who and they've got video of this, which was refused to be allowed entered into evidence today in the trial. They've got video of this interaction now. Supposedly, the judge is going to take it later from Seth, but what happened was there was apparently a cop who stops them for a moment, and they ask the cop, "Hey, can we go along this footpath uh, near Sununu's house to go to the general store, and then can we come back along the same path because we got to come back to our cars?" And the cop. He told you guys you could do that, right, Footloose? Yes. And what do you know? The prosecution didn't call that officer as a witness today. Oh, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah, that officer, the key officer who would have been able to testify to that was not in the courtroom. Is there any way, are there any cops that aren't dirtbags? Is there anybody that works for the government that isn't (laughs) in some way an absolute lowlife? A lot of the good ones get frustrated and quit. The, and quit. You know, That's they quit true. The that they're out there. They so are out there. So you guys get told that you can go up this this footpath, and so you start going up this footpath, and literally within feet of having begun walking up this footpath, some other goon uh, yells at you and says stop, and then they start issuing tickets. Right. That's what this. That's what happened. You guys were literally doing exactly what the police told you to do, and it's one of those things where one cop says uh, go, and the other cop says stop, and then tickets get issued. Right. So it's just a crazy exactly. situation. That's that's what happened today, and they wouldn't let any evidence in to you know prove the activist side of the story. Now again, supposedly that evidence will be allowed in. Seth Hipple is going to submit a uh, memorandum about why this whole thing's unconstitutional to begin with. So the judge hasn't made a decision. She's got she's given Seth thirty days on this, and then the prosecutor's got thirty days to reply. Uh, Footloose, is there more you want to say about this? 
No, it's just, uh, you know, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy town right You'll now. You'll keep us in the loop. We'll talk to you again probably around your trial. More coming up. Thanks, Footloose. Free Talk Live. Open phones. If you want to join in here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Matt. I just uh, noticed that I think one of the New Fields 9, one of these folks that was arrested out in front of the governor's house, or I guess on the side, uh, on a footpath that is, uh, as the uh, activist is in our chat room here on Twitch, Free State, New Hampshire, I believe that is Bill D., who was one of the guys that was on trial today. He says it's a paved right-of-way to the store. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this is not like some little dirt path going on the side of uh, the governor's house. This is something that joggers and people that are walking regularly are using, in the pu- members of the public. And uh, he says, when they said stop, an additional 12 state thugs arrived with the you know, the, the clubs and such, ready to go, ready to engage in mass arrests. And they issued nine tickets, and they arrested one guy, all for ostensibly picketing by walking nearby I, I kind of hope a giant lawsuit flows from this and a and a bunch of money is paid that would be excellent and you know seth hipple is the attorney that took on the case today he's a very talented attorney he's very very good and he has won some pretty big uh lawsuits and gotten some activists some checks in fact i was there with uh, chris wade our friday night co-host seth took his case when chris was arrested illegally by the manchester police chris got walked away with a fifteen thousand dollar check out of that good so we'll see if uh, something like that can happen in this particular case. I got video of the hearing footage today, but I'm not going to release it yet until we get a, you know, I don't want to put video out unless there's an actual res- result because it's nice to be able to say, to show the video and say, here's what the judge said. Right. And so the judge uh, took this case under advisement. She issued a 30-day window where Seth can issue a motion to dismiss to the judge and make his argument on the basis of unconstitutionality of this ordinance to begin with. And from what I understand, Seth also has quite a bit of respect from the legal community in New Hampshire these days. He's, he has earned it. He's yeah. come a long way. Yeah, and, he's and, doing a good job. You know, he's only a young lawyer, too. Seth is still a young man yeah, in I lawyer Yeah, I think he's terms. a little he's younger than 40, me, maybe. 40, 40? yeah, something like that. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting, and so that footage will be released, but look for it maybe a little closer to Christmas time or something like that, or a couple months down the line, because, again, it's going to be a little bit before that happens. But uh, And, and, and more, uh, more trials are coming. So this was just the first three. Seth has five of the nine people uh, that were ticketed that are his clients. One of them that is not Seth's client, I talked to him today, the reporter that was there, that also got ticketed. Just nailing reporters. Yeah, apparently the reporter might be actually reaching out to Seth, so he may end up uh, using him or he might go alone. Footloose was Seth's client, but Footloose, uh, you know, he's... He's a, a unique character, and he's a bit of a difficult client, I imagine, for an attorney to have. So Footloose ended up firing Seth today. And now, uh, now he's in, fancy free. In open court. <laughs> and uh, and Footloose is going to be taking this trial on himself, which is actually going to be really interesting. Because whenever you go to court and you don't have an attorney, they treat you differently. Yep. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Because obviously, if you're an attorney, you know all these people, and then you know it's really all about who you know. Um, so there's that factor when you do have an attorney, but if you don't have an attorney, then you get to approach things from a completely different perspective because attorneys 
For those that don't know, when you become an attorney, you actually swear an oath of allegiance to the court. You are first and foremost an officer Officer of the court court prior to being your client's attorney. Mm -hmm. Your allegiance lies with the court. Now, obviously, you're paying these people. and They're your attorney, and they'll do their best that they can, but they only do their best within the strictures created by the system that they've agreed to. Interestingly, what I've seen from Seth is he's been very principled uh, and dedicated to the law over the court, first and foremost. I mean, he's he's built his reputation amongst the judges, too, from what I understand, by being a very straight up, uh, you know, client based. Uh, he has a client and he's going to defend them uh, attorney, which is not something you see every day anymore. Like you're talking about everybody. You know, I don't think Seth even plays golf. With other attorneys, you mean? I don't think he plays golf at all. So therefore, he can't play golf with judges <laughs> and attorneys and things. So, uh, but he's managed to earn a lot of respect. He has, as you're saying, based on his merits. Yeah, yeah. and and he's a, he's an attorney who's willing to actually go to trial. He was telling us today uh, at lunch uh, that a lot of attorneys, you know, they don't want to go to trial. Yeah, they want to stay out of that. They want yeah. they want easy money. And he's willing to go, and so it actually puts him in a better negotiating position because if he's actually willing to go to trial, the prosecutors are like, uh, they don't want to go to trial, and right. then they give you a better. Uh, a better deal. So, uh, but anyway, this this is going to be interesting because Footloose, he's a real interesting character. He's had a lot of experience getting you know criminally charged and run a, you know legal through this crazy legal system that that we have. He's going to take this case on pro se. He's going to be representing himself in court. And Godspeed. You know, there are some downsides to that. I've done it myself. I was telling Footloose today, the only time I've never represented myself in court is this current Crypto 6 case. And that's because I don't, you know, I'm facing felony charges the rest of my life in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, this ain't just some misdemeanor or town code violation where yeah. it's no and, biggie. And these know? are these are like the crowned dirtbags who yeah. are, you know, they will break every law available yes. to for them to break. In, in a order system to, that I know nothing about. I've yeah. never been in the federal court system before besides, you know, observing one or two. I hearings. saw that I met those people with my own, you know, I, I met them personally and was handcuffed to a chair by them. Yeah. And I can tell you they are certifiable sociopaths. Yeah, you got to look out with these people. They are so. nuts. But every other local charge, you know, every state charge I've had, I've always done it myself. And so it gives you a, lay- a level of flexibility that you don't have with an attorney. And and it, it makes it more of an interesting trial. That's, you know, whether or not you've got a better chance, I don't think, you, I don't know if you do necessarily, because again, you don't have the, the benefit of right. knowing the judges and knowing the other attorneys, but but it gives you more freedom. You you can express yourself, especially if it's in front of a jury. Now, this is just a bench trial. It's just a trial in front of a judge because it's a town ordinance violation. You can't get a jury for that in New Hampshire. You, you can only get a jury for a Class A misdemeanor. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it'll be interesting to compare, like, watch Seth take this trial on and then watch Footloose do it in a couple more weeks. So we'll, uh, we'll inform you as this continues to develop. Coming up, uh, we didn't really finish the conversation about Peter Schiff. You had brought in this meme uh, about him and his son, Peter versus Spencer. Yeah, Spencer decided to dump all of his money into Bitcoin, and Peter, obviously, his father, is extremely anti-Bitcoin. Yeah. And uh, it looks like all of Peter's years of hard work investing in gold didn't go anywhere near the payoff that the investing in Bitcoin. Yeah, gold but. has really been lackluster as far as its uh, you know payout or whatever, as far as its its earnings, if you will, over the last 
you know, a couple decades. But I also think we, we also have to be very, very careful about that because we're not really talking. You know, the the spot price of gold, spot price of silver, isn't actually the price of gold and silver. That is the 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 paper contract price. You're referring you know, the, to the manipulation in the supplies. Oh yeah, there, there's yeah. way more money uh, trading in gold and silver on paper than there actually even exists. This is gold one of the silver. big weaknesses of gold and silver mm-hmm. is. Nobody knows what it's really worth. Yeah, it, the the price is manipulated, as you say, because of the paper trading. Meaning that so a lot of people are buying, quote unquote, buying gold and or silver. Yeah, but they're on really paper. they're but really buying promises to pay. Yeah, they're not they're. actually getting the physical product that they can you know dig and store under their house or you know in a uh, safe or whatever. They have a piece of paper that says that you own this amount of gold. Yeah. And, and nobody then, ever calls it in either. And, and, and actually, interesting, a long time ago in a land far away, a land known as Omaha, uh, there was a man named Warren Buffett. And he bought, I, I was a big silver bug, and I remember I really got into it. And then uh, about four days later, Warren Buffett decided to get into it. So I beat Warren Buffett to market, pat mm-hmm. myself on the back there a little mm-hmm. bit. But Warren Buffett bought 128,000 ounces of silver on paper yeah and then called it in and the whole market froze for a sec in fear because it wasn't available yeah where is it yeah so uh, uh what they ended up doing was delivering him a little bit and then allowed him to rent back the stuff that hadn't been delivered to him at interest <gasps> and uh <laughs> Oh my he, God. Made, he made out like a bandit. I mean, Warren Buffett knew what he was doing at the uh-huh. time, so I think he realized. I can't believe he didn't do a lot sooner. To be honest with you, he was calling their bluff. Yeah, basically. calling their bluff. And back then, you know, it literally is gambling. It's mm-hmm. nothing but cards. There's no, there's no hard money on the table. There's yeah. no gold and silver. A lot of people say this, where they buy this paper gold and they they call it, the, yeah. you know, to try to collect it. And they don't, they don't collect that amount, but they try to collect any amount, and it's mm-hmm. like, ah. Uh, uh, we'll get back to you on when we can send this. It might be uh, three months, you yep. know, because they don't have it. It's yep. not there in a not, vault. Doesn't exist. Which means that they're selling product that doesn't exist. Correct. And if they can sell product that doesn't exist, they can drive the price down mm-hmm. by selling more than the supply so, actually is. And a lot of people say that the experts will tell you that silver is a lot harder to mine and refine than gold is, and silver is mm-hmm. actually a more valuable uh, precious metal but than the gold market is. Doesn't show the market doesn't market won't show it. Yeah. Um, traditionally, gold is the is the uh, golden child. So is gold actually? Not is as it valuable. undervalued? May, uh, it's it's it undervalued? definitely, yeah. it's definitely heavily undervalued. Yeah. It um, should be going up as should. as the value of the dollar goes down, and, and over time it does trend in that direction. I mean, yeah. historically, gold and silver have. And been, if you look at what it costs to buy an ounce of silver on eBay, it's yeah. much higher than an ounce of silver on paper. Yeah, and sometimes I know. Last time I looked, I haven't looked in most of a year, but last year when I was looking for gold. You couldn't find couldn't an ounce get of gold. It. Correct. Not anywhere near a spot. Mm-hmm. No. No. Hundreds of dollars more, yes. maybe. More coming up here. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. 
Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. Open phones. If you want to join us here, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've been talking a little bit about gold, precious metals, and the manipulated marketplace there, comparing gold also to cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. And what brought all this up was the conflict between Peter Schiff and his son Spencer, his 18-year-old son Spencer, who at some point, uh, a little bit when he was younger, he got his uh, hands on some Bitcoin and went all in, apparently, on Bitcoin. And well, guess what? As of yesterday, if you bought Bitcoin at any point before yesterday, you were up yesterday. Yeah, like, the story started, I think, in March, where the I mean, the kid had some... I just shouldn't call him, he's, like he's 18. 18 years old. But he, he had some Bitcoin, and I think it was in March, like mid-March, where he decided to put all his chips on Bitcoin. Mm. And here we are. I mean, he's and probably... It's yeah, it's up a yeah. lot. Yeah, it is. 60, uh, hit almost 67,000 yesterday. Yeah, what was it in March? Like uh, It was going up to around there. 40, 40 no, something? I, well, oh. I don't know. I mean, it's gone up... Uh, Quite a bit. It was at the early 40s like a month ago. So, yeah. I mean, it, it goes yeah. up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. But over time, it tends to go up, which is why it hit a record all-time high yesterday. Now, does that mean that Bitcoin is the best coin? Mm, well, it's certainly the most valuable as far as total market cap. Now it's, it's over $1.2 trillion market That's cap. nuts. I remember yeah. Thanksgiving 2012 when it hit a, hit a billion and we all just lost our minds. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh my you, God. I think you were at my house because we had the, uh, we had the, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The, the, the orphan Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah. Actually, it's just under 1.2 trillion. We're 1.18 trillion right now. Nutty. Because it's dropped a little bit. It's right around 63,000 today. Nutty. I think Doge is like a billion dollar market. <laughs> Dogecoin, uh, thirty-two billion. Thirty-two billion. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that's such. A, so there's a lot of garbage coins out there, and honestly, I think Bitcoin's a garbage coin. It's so old and bulky and fat and slow and expensive, and they gotta attach all kinds of gadgets to it to make it work at all, and it still doesn't really work. That yeah, well. it's sort of the grandfather it's of the, uh, like, cryptocurrency. Thank you, Granddaddy yeah. Bitcoin, for being the first. But there's, you know, we don't, we're not going to take our model. Tr- to the racetrack anymore we're putting a museum now unfortunately that's true bitcoin could have tried to keep up with the joneses but uh ultimately you know whenever you're the king of the hill mm-hmm. you get a little lazy yeah like most of the time if you dominate a marketplace or whatever and nobody else can come close to you you get a little lazy you rest on your laurels a bit you don't develop what you might need to develop to stay competitive and that's true with bitcoin they've it- just been Taking it easy. Yeah, and a lot of the people who are like promoting Bitcoin now are like, well, we ought to we ought to comply with the new regulations that are coming out so we oh, can be official. Yeah. We gotta keep it official and on the up and up. Okay, well I don't think anything the government says is on the up and up. So if you're keeping up no. with that, you're probably not on the up and up. Well, what you're talking about is the division within the world of cryptocurrency. Yeah. That uh, Naomi Brockwell pointed out today with uh, she linked to something. I, I went ahead and copied the link and put it on my uh, social media account over at social.freetalklive.com. It's about DarkFi. 
uh, standing for dark finance Mm -hmm. versus regulated finance or reg fi. And I think that's an interesting way to discern the difference between sort of the two camps in the world of cryptocurrency. There's the camp of those of us. And I think I can include you in this one because you mm-hmm. always wear that those Monero shirts. So mm-hmm. you're definitely in the dark fi. I'm wearing one right uh, now under this shirt. <laughs> I think that's like your uh, your complete non-work related wardrobe. My whole seems non-work to be all Monero my, shirts. Yeah. I, I, and oh, I, that's in the Fed. Oh no, XMR. XMR the Fed. XMR the Fed. I like Monero it. the Fed. I like it. Uh, so, so the division is between those who sort of hold the original crypto anarchist view that Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin, held, and that was that this technology, this blockchain technology, this cryptocurrency technology is a way to undermine the banks and undermine the central uh, banks and the governments and their power by putting the the power of money into the hands of the individual and not asking for permission right. to do it. Because you don't have to ask someone's permission to get a Bitcoin wallet like Edge Wallet mm-hmm. or Exodus Wallet. These are two mm-hmm. of the best ones that are out there right now. There's also I've one seen. called Cake that people like, apparently. Yeah, unfortunately, I am prohibited from using these things by my ridiculous bail conditions. Sad. So I don't know what new wallets have come out over the last year. But uh, as, of the, as of before the raid, my favorites were Edge and, uh, and Exodus. But it doesn't cost anything. You don't have to sit in some banker's office for an hour and fill out forms and show ID or whatever. You just download the app, and then boom, now you can receive Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's these people who they want to curry favor with politicians. They know that politicians want to control this business, this industry, and they want to be controlled. They want to submit themselves. Oh, politicians, tell me what to do. Do it harder, daddy. I just want to service you. Yeah, you know they're horrible. Like, what are you thinking? These are people who've never read the white paper. The whole purpose, if you read Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper, mm. it's very clear what the purpose of Bitcoin was in the first place, and the yeah. whole theory of cryptocurrency, and it had to do with the housing market bubble that they forced to they, that they intentionally created, and then they intentionally burst. Everybody mm-hmm. lost all their money. It's like we got to separate from this government money. We got to get our own kind of stuff going here, and we did, and it's fantastic, and it actually works. It was a genius idea. Yep. It's a little, little long in the tooth now that that old that old type of cryptocurrency, and a lot of the cryptos that are out there are just based. They're just copies of you know Doge is just a copy of crypto of uh, Bitcoin, right? And sure. Litecoin's a copy of Bitcoin, and most of the other cryptos out there are a copy of Ethereum, and you know whatever. But there are other cryptos out there. One of the things that these people who hate cryptocurrency, the government people and the banking people, mm-hmm. they don't know what really to do about it. They're in evade mode now. They're in attack mode. They're just flailing, trying to defend their power structure at this they point. They want to figure out how to tax and how to regulate this thing and that they, is designed and, to be untouchable. Yeah, and they don't really know how still. And, no. and there, there really isn't a way Because they're stupid old dinosaurs. To. They are dinosaurs, and they're dying, and they don't know what to do about it. And to make matters worse for them, there's such a thing as a privacy coin. Yes. Not that it's like easy. Yeah. Not not that it's easy to tra- You know, they might track an entire Bitcoin. They might be able to decrypt a Bitcoin transaction yes. just to find out that, oh, it was a dollar fifty eight for a bag of potato chips. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and you know, they might spend a, a few weeks or a month trying to figure out whatever just happened there. But to make matters worse, now there's privacy coins like Monero. And by the way, I'm just a Monero fan. This is not a paid free talk live yeah, advertisement no. for Monero. I would love it if Monero wanted to advertise with us. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but it's a decentralized group. So like, yeah. there's not like 
some Monero corporation yeah, not, that we can, yeah, we can go knock on their door. And a lot and of say, people think that about cryptocurrency. Yeah, I know there's different ones, and I don't know how to talk to the managers at Bitcoin. Well, there there really isn't managers yeah. at, you know. Well, Bitcoin has programmers, but it's open source, so anybody that knows how to program yeah. can contribute but code. But you can't, you can't talk to the manager of, you know, Dash. Well, well maybe you actually coded Dash. Dash is different. <laughs> Dash, I picked a bad one. Well... Dash is interesting. Uh, I like it actually. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Dash, even it's though smooth it's, and it's been, fast. It's and been it... punished in the uh, the the crypto rankings over the last few years. At one point, Dash was a number five crypto. Yeah, uh, there was a probably back in 2017. It was mm-hmm. it was up there, and it is a useful cryptocurrency. Dash, to their credit, um, has focused like a laser for the most part on becoming a useful cryptocurrency because a lot of these cryptos it's all pure speculation on oh well our crypto can do x y and z technically it's uh, got all these computer geek features or whatever but dash is like we want to be the crypto that people actually spend right and they came out with a with a system they were the first one to do the decentralized autonomous organization And what that means is imagine a corporation where there's a board of directors and there's a president and, you know, your usual executive director and all that stuff. And now imagine none of that exists, but yet you still have a, quote, organization, except it's decentralized, meaning that there is no one who's in charge of anyone else. There's just this system that somebody set up and then basically walks away from and says, all right, I set this system up. If you guys think it's valuable, come on in. And do things with it. And mm-hmm. with Dash, they can do things like run masternodes, which provide services to the network, and they get rewards for that. And then of the mining rewards that get mined in, so like with Bitcoin, 100% of the mining rewards go to the miners. With Dash, 10% goes into this sort of spendable promotional budget. Which is a genius move, actually. 45% goes to the masternodes, and 45% goes to the miners. So it's set up very differently, and that 10%, the masternodes vote on what to do with. So there's a little bit of centralization in that way. But it's still decentralized in that anyone can become a masternode as long as they've got enough dash. But if you want to pay the kid to rake your leaves and not give him a 1099, Monero's your game. That's true. There's more coming up here. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. And, of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. You can join us online as well. Head over to freetalklive.com, and you can get involved in our chat server. we got a Matrix chat server. And we've been talking about cryptocurrencies here. There's uh, One of the rooms on the Matrix server is about cryptocurrencies. So if you want to talk to some other crypto users, you can do that there. There's a bunch of rooms. There's only like, I don't know, eight or ten of them that are official, ones that you know Free Talk Live put there. The rest of them were all created by listeners, people that just wanted to, they said, oh, I want to talk about this topic or That's whatever. That's so cool. And they can just spin up a room and they can set all the rules for the room. If you want to be a highly restrictive room and decide who comes in, you can make it private. If you want it to be public, you can make it public. You can make it encrypted or unencrypted. So it's up to you. And you can go to chat.freetalklive.com to learn more about that and get started over there on the Matrix server. That's chat.freetalklive.com. That'll take you to a page of instructions on how to do that. 
So we were just kind of vamping about cryptocurrencies, which is a favorite topic of a lot of the the free staters, a lot of people that have come here to New Hampshire as part of this migration of freedom-loving people that is so important right now. It's more important now than ever Mm -hmm. because cryptocurrency is great on its own. And cryptocurrency on its own is going to and already arguably has changed the world of finance by giving the individual control over his value or her money that they've earned and not allowing bankers and government goons to get their hands on it. So that's pretty important. But what's more important is to actually have a community of these people together in one general area. You mentioned earlier, I think it was on the air tonight, that you went to a vegan restaurant. Now, you're not a vegan, but your girlfriend, I think, is. Um, And so you went to this uh, unusual little restaurant that's like a little buffet. Mm -hmm. How was it, by the way? I didn't ask you. It's As a chef. uh, It would be better if there was meat. Uh, but there isn't. So that said, I had a delicious uh, bean burrito. It yeah. was very, very good. Uh, Nikki had falafel. They looked great. Yeah. I, I, when I've been there, and it's been a few years since I've been there, but I, I went and checked it out a few times. It's like it was pretty flavorful. Like mm-hmm. they did a good job making the food. Yeah, and their their whole premise there is they're they're vegan, not for the sake of uh, you know being vegan. They're Seventh Day Adventists, so they're they have some dietary restrictions where they oh, don't they don't okay. cause harm to living things you know interesting i didn't know that about yeah them. i didn't really either but they abide by it and they, you'll see animal rights stuff in the rack there and stuff so so the thing i wanted to bring up about that was you had um bragged that you had gotten the owner mm-hmm. to install a edge wallet that a cryptocurrency is. wallet and i wanted to point out that there have been people going to that restaurant asking about cryptocurrency in the past so you finally were successful at doing this, but it was likely that your way was paved to some extent by other people asking her in the past, hey, do you take Bitcoin? You I was know? just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And that's because we have those straws, if you will, here in this area in Keene, New Hampshire, Crypto Mecca, as uh, was labeled by Forbes magazine a couple of years ago, where we have multiple businesses that accept cryptocurrency in town, and we've got a good core group it's not a huge group it's you know a dozen or something people that are hardcore crypto people that are likely to ask that question when they go to a a cash register and just say hey do you guys take bitcoin and eventually you know if it's not the if it's not the owner him or herself that's behind the register then you hope that the word gets to the owner but you know what happened last year with the the restaurant crackdown and the uh the covid you know ridiculous rules and all these people quitting their jobs there's a lot more owners working behind the register yeah, than ever before. That's true. Uh, so it's easier now than ever before to actually talk to the the decision maker in mm-hmm. these places. But having that community of cryptocurrency libertarians, let's call them crypto libertarians or whatever, having that community of crypto anarchist types in New Hampshire leads to having a real like economy for cryptocurrency like a real life economy not Mm -hmm. only can you go to um, local businesses and spend this stuff but there's also a thing called market day that happens on a regular basis up here and it happens i think on like different days in different areas of the state so Mm -hmm. there's one weekend where it'll be in manchester and then there's another weekend it'll be in like the Keene area and then another one in i don't know probably portsmouth or something concord whatever wherever else the other ones are um, where free staters liberty people 
get together they set up their wares whatever it is yeah. they whatever they got like there's a uh, one and, farm and, and it doesn't even have to be the the actual physical marketplace it could be the market a larger marketplace like you know i've done i've done i like to wrench so i've done car work for people you know i fixed uh james cleveland's uh, uh moving van there that he had for his business yeah that need a little bit of work i came in did a little bit of work on it. he paid me in uh i think bitcoin cash nice. all, you know you can do it so if you have skills and you are in the in the greater crypto community it's not even a libertarian crypto community it's just it's just a crypto community now mm-hmm. it's people from all over the spectrum have crypto in new hampshire now and you can offer a supply you know supply a good or a service you you probably could get paid for it in uh, crypto yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing more businesses of a variety of types taking cryptocurrency. So I just want to encourage, I know you mentioned off the air that you wanted to talk about the migration of uh, free yeah, the mi- here. So get up here because uh, there's nothing like this anywhere else. Yeah, at all. And you know, this year since the raid, Ian wasn't allowed to do some of the things he loves to do. And he wasn't allowed to go to Porkfest this year yeah, because, right. you know, the, 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 his state controllers who declare themselves his his king now and the biggest pork fest ever yeah I the biggest it. pork fest ever they wouldn't let him go so we rejected that by we, we combated that by throwing a little ian fest right here at the house <laughs> and uh you know and probably i don't know 60 people 60 we basically was, a, yeah, a, most of, of the people. people that we invited showed up and we probably didn't invite a lot of people that we should have but it was a big quite a big little party nice. and nice. and one of the one of the people that showed up um, there, uh, the, the husband's name is Leaf, and the the wife's name, I think her name was Gail. I can't remember. I hope they're not listening. That might I, be right. <laughs> but they just messaged me and said, and said, "Hey, um, we left Cali on our way to New Hampshire with our RV." Yes. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, you know, we can we can talk to you about how great it is here and why you should live here. If you come here and you set foot here and you hang out with us for 10 minutes, you're going to be like, I got to go now. Mm -hmm. I got to find what you're going to start thinking of ways to, you know, cut your, cut the things that are anchoring you to wherever you are. Cause you got to move. You got to go. This is the place to be. And that's kind of what happened with these guys. And they came to, they showed up at Ian fast and you know, I think I hijacked. I didn't even know it. who they were. They just, you know, got figured out yeah, how to get yeah. here. They apparently. were in town. They wanted yeah. to see some. They wanted to see some free state stuff, and they showed up at Ian Fest. Yeah, and, here's a few dozen of them, Come and they were over. great. And she, yeah. she, uh, she is. Um, she's a nurse. She's a nurse. Yeah, she's healthcare too. So and she was telling the same kind of stories that your girlfriend yep. Nikki tells. Like mm-hmm. they, they have two. There are two opposite coasts, but they're having the same experiences. Yep. And they with never people, met each other, didn't know each other, and with, they're telling the exact with, same stories with people story, like so. that had the vaccine and are having side effects. Yeah, that uh, aren't coming in. Yep. So, so, but uh, here, the, you know, we don't know how much longer people are going to be able to freely move around right. this piece of land. You guys, now. Yeah. go now. Yeah, there are advice. no excuses. Get out. You know, I feel so bad too for. I just saw. I think it was uh, Free State NH on Twitter a couple days ago responded to the New York Libertarian Party. They're having like some convention in a few weeks about finding freedom in an unfree state. And Free State NH said, "Here's how you find freedom in an unfree state." And they posted a picture of a U-Haul. <laughs> It's like, come on, guys. You're literally just a few hours to the west. Why would you stay in the least free place? Rearranging the the deck chairs on the Titanic. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. 
When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. Hey, it is Free Talk Live. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Matt. By the way, I want to say thanks to a couple of our Free Talk Live amps. We got Ala Loka, who is a gold amp. Uh, Brana Hansen is a silver level supporter. And these are people who've joined the most recent reboot, if you will, of the AMP program, which is now called AMPS, Advertise, Market, Promote, Support, Free Talk Live. You can do that on our new Patreon and you can access that by going to amps.freetalklive.com. If you're on the old system, your account, if it's a credit card or debit card, is probably going to be canceled soon because the debit card, credit card processor that we have decided that they didn't want to work with uh, Free Talk Live. They wouldn't accept Bonnie as a co-signer on our account. And rather than keep trying to put people on the account, I was just like, you know what, screw it. We'll just launch a Patreon uh, instead. So if you want to help us out there, you can do it for as little as 5 bucks a month at amps.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to the Patreon page, and you can read more about the program and the cool perks that you'll get access to and uh, the different levels that you can sign up for. So appreciate uh, everybody who's supporting the new AMPS program at amps.freetalklive.com. What does AMPS do? It's, uh, it's, you know, the usual kind of donate to your favorite show kind of thing. So, and then what uh, happens to that? that? That we do something special with the, some of the money that. is uh, is used to buy advertising for Free Talk Live, specifically to the radio industry. So we're in Talkers Magazine, which is a daily publication online that has in you know information for program directors and general managers of talk radio stations and such. So mm-hmm. that's the primary uh, thing that is being done with it. We've also purchased uh, advertising time on different podcasts. So like Sovereign Tech, we're a sponsor over on Brian Sovereign's tech podcast and we were on johnny rocket's podcast for a while and we've you know we've bought ads with lou rockwell in the past and a bunch of different it helps get the word out there yeah to kind of advertise to the so we're advertising to the talk radio world and we're advertising to the liberty world as well to make them more aware of us because believe it or not we're still you know relatively small as far as our uh, footprint is concerned even though we've been around for almost 20 years so. well, free talk live also airs over satellite too to anywhere in the world we do right? so yeah this doesn't people, technically pay for that but uh, it does but, well people in uh people in north korea could listen to no free talk we're not live. on in north korea no, no. What, what if there was somebody with like a clandestine radio and they were just tapping into the signal from north mm, we don't have a satellite signal over north korea. oh so oh, unfortunately that could be possible but how much crypto time, do we need to make that happen well, first of all, the satellite company won't accept crypto, unfortunately. I've asked them year after year after year. In fact, I even sent them a, I've sent them more than one email saying, you know, if you'd accepted the Bitcoin I offered you back in 2015 or whatever it was that I first, 2016 or something, I first offered it to them, and you'd held on to it because like, we're their 
smallest contract. Like we've got such a low price on this satellite channel. I can't imagine anyone's got a cheaper price than than we do the satellite um, company. I mean, we're literally paying them just a you know less than a grand a month for two satellite channels over two continents. Yeah, basically. but don't they know Doge Moon? Doge to I, the moon? I don't, I, I, I don't know what they know. I mean, I've told them, look, if you had taken the $30,000 worth of money that we've given you over time, you'd have like, but you know, $30 million <laughs> or something like that right now if you just said yes. It was a bad move, this. satellite they, company. They keep saying no. <laughs> Should have listened up they on that one. They keep saying no. They're like, no, we want a wire transfer. Okay. Derp, derp, derp. Okay. Some people, you Fine. know, you can lead the horse to water, and you know, Peter Schiff will not uh, will not drink it either, as we keep, were discussing earlier. Keep being poor. That's so please, fine. go Sorry. to amps.freetalklive.com. Help us out there. Really appreciate it. You know, I do want to talk about this backlog, since we teased the story yeah. earlier tonight. I have not heard anything about this. I want to know what's really? going on. You haven't heard about yeah, the no, supply no, chain not issues? Not at all. Well, I've seen the supply chain. I mean, what have you seen? Walmart's got empty shelves. Really? Oh, right yeah. Now? I mean, look, there's like one can of spray paint at the head of every color, but there's nothing behind it. You know, like, wow. You know, and stuff like that. Uh, I was in AutoZone yesterday over here in Keene, and like, you know, usually you have tons of, you know, oil and different engine treatments and now there's like one bottle of each at the front of the shelf and nothing that bad so i'm wondering i mean that that there's definitely wow. supply chain issues going on will you tell me like fill me in start yeah. start at the beginning and, and treat me like i'm five well we did talk about this in detail a couple weeks ago on one of the shows with me and aria we had a really interesting uh detailed story it was yahoo news i think that that really kind of laid out what's going on but Basically, what happened was, you know, the quote-unquote pandemic struck, and then, of course, government shut everything down, and so a bunch of people went home because they weren't allowed to go to work, and they started buying things that they otherwise wouldn't have, have purchased, and so there ended up being, like, this large demand for products that otherwise wouldn't have happened necessarily in that, that time frame, and, and at the same time, people are quitting their jobs, so you don't have as many truck drivers you don't have as many port workers. You don't have as many people to move these products around and get them to where they are supposed to go. In addition, uh, entire factories were closed in places like China or Vietnam or wherever, where people, you know, a lot of the stuff that we buy is manufactured. Those things were closed in some cases for months. So as they're coming back online, now they've got a backlog of orders and you've got this all these sort of this perfect storm of, uh, of events and so a ton of these products are getting loaded on ships and these ships are coming into ports in the United States and they can't be processed quickly enough. There's just not enough workers to move them. And even if there were enough workers at the ports to move these products, you know, like get the cargo containers off the cargo ships and put them into the port and load them the trucks, there's not enough trucks to pick up the cargo containers. Mm. Apparently there's 16 cargo containers for every, at the Port of Los Angeles, which is the big one. There's 16 containers waiting for each truck that arrives. Interesting. You know, I, I have to I have to question this. I know capitalism to move faster and harder when problems arise. This isn't a free market. People will run to solve the problems yes. because there's a profit. If there's motive. a free market, if there's a free market. But guess who runs the ports? Well, the United States government. The well, if not the federal government, the locals. Or the locals, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's customs is there, too, customs. getting and standing in the way and making Correct. things take longer. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of red tape. At so, the yeah, course. you've got different levels of government that are running the major arteries as far as getting products into the country. And plus, the whole overarching COVID baloney. Yeah. 
Um, they, the, I, I, I was talking to you earlier off the air. We were talking. I was talking about how I. There's such a thing as fifth gen warfare, mm. and uh, maybe this is a, a talk for a different another show uh, mm-hmm. because we could really get into it with it, with the various generations of warfare. But this entire COVID thing, if you are familiar with fifth gen warfare theory, this is all day long fifth gen warfare. So I'm wondering if this whole port backlog. I I think this is just another part of that that warfare strategy. We are literally. You think at, this is being done on purpose? This is world war. Mm-hmm. This is genuinely world war, fifth gen warfare. I don't think it is one country versus another country. I think cryptocurrency may have spawned it. I think mm. governments early on saw the problem coming with that, realized they weren't going to be able to do anything about it, and now all of the countries are colluding with one another to create some type of control mechanism that they've never used before and all they know how to do is fight and flail as they go down and they can't do it openly they can't just start attacking people and loading people onto cattle cars so they're gonna have to find something else to do so they got to come up with this big psychological warfare situation that they can launch against people they're get they're turning groups of people against each other that were never against each other before but that's creating, what government's always done i mean yeah it, it, that's how it stays in power they, is they have they have to an extent but the, it was never the bread and butter of the of the struggle mm-hmm. with fifth gen warfare it is core to the struggle they don't want mm-hmm. shots going off they don't want to have armies going up against each other they don't have they don't have to have military maneuvers mm-hmm. in a field or air force planes dropping bombs this is literally just having society go at itself uh day in day out so everybody is super super uh distracted for one mm-hmm. and for two they begin to become desperate because things like supply chains are down and yeah, and it's not getting better. They uh, they came out with a solution. So Joe Biden oh, came in and he said he's oh. going to solve this problem. Oh, that's dumb. And you know what their big solution was? Oh, God, I have no idea. Tell me. We should go 24-7. <laughs> they weren't doing that before? It's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 603-283-6160. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Mike. Talk live. Moments remain here. If you want to join us, you can. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. We're talking about fifth generation warfare, which is a new term for me. I had heard about fourth generation. I didn't know there was a fifth, but honestly, I don't know what the difference is between these. So you're going to run through a, a yeah. List let's go here. through them, and we'll just we'll uh, just you know see if any of this sounds familiar to you, the, the, the listener. Uh, we're just going to define. We're going to read right from the wiki. Uh, first generation warfare refers to ancient post classical battles fought with massed manpower using phalanx, uh, line and column tactics with uniform soldiers governed by the state. Okay, okay. so rocks you, and sticks, basically spears, spears swords. You yeah. know, and they're marching even right up in. To colonial American times, the Revolutionary okay. War, they would march armies at each other. Yep, stand and that, in a field. Yeah, stand in the field. <laughs> and that's where, you know, if you watch movies like The Patriot with Mel Gibson, it's yeah. where it all started to kind of fall apart. You had militias popping up, 
up and they right. were, you know, they were running flanks and getting around people. And you get into center, second generation warfare is the early modern tactics used after the invention of the rifled musket and breech loading weapons and continued through the development of the machine gun and indirect fire. Mm. The term second generation warfare was created by U.S. military in 1989. Oh, third, wow. Yeah. Okay. Third, these are all military tacticians, though most of these people who are inventing these terms are attached to military Got somehow. Um, third, Generation so warfare. World War One would have been a second generation. Definitely, yeah, yep, yep. Okay. yep. That was when they started laying down heavy machine gun fire mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, third generation warfare focuses on using late modern technology derived tactics of leveraging speed, stealth, and surprise to bypass the enemy's lines and collapse their forces from the rear. Essentially, this was the end of linear warfare on a tactical level, with units seeking not to simply meet each other face to face, but to outmaneuver each other to gain the greatest advantage. And this is where we really, you know, I would say the the proto versions of that were where people were getting around the the British ranks, like average citizens in the United States, the early United States were getting around the British ranks coming up from behind, mm-hmm. coming out of the woods, sniping mm-hmm. at them and stuff, and they weren't used to that kind of, that was dirty war to them, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't believe in, that wasn't fair and square fighting to the to Brits when they were thinking about it. But yet that wasn't third generation. It wasn't, yeah, it was kind of, later. it was kind of the beginnings of that stuff, though, so it was deep. Third generation t- would be to use technology to achieve whatever kind of mecha- I would say mechanized technology, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, tanks and Stealth planes. bomber and, artillery yeah. and getting mm-hmm. you know stuff like yeah bombers perfect example mm-hmm. fourth generation are presented uh is characterized by postmodern return to decentralized forms of warfare blurring the lines between war and politics combatants and civilians due to nation states loss of their near monopoly on combat forces returning to modes of conflict common in pre-modern times so i think they're talking like how stuff goes sideways in vietnam stuff goes sideways and you know they're killing civilians in iraq left and right and throwing guns on their body to make it look like they were combatant you know just dirt it, it's it's a mess it's a messy war but fifth generation warfare is different and i think this is probably really the most dangerous type of warfare so far because it seems innocent and no there aren't piles of bodies stacking up in the street that doesn't mean that the effects of the war going on are any less so you're not talking about like the proud boys and antifa shooting each other with paintballs and throwing uh, urine on each other it could be part of that because that's part of the division of the society right there that's a symptom of the division of the society and that's exactly one of the tactics that fifth generation warfare wagers would be looking to employ so uh well by definition fifth generation warfare is conducted primarily through non-kinetic military actions such as social engineering misinformation cyber attacks along with emerging technologies Hmm. such as artificial intelligence and fully autonomous systems and i've talked on the show before about how i suspect that most of the accounts who are pro-vaccine pro-mask and pro-Joe Biden that you see on Facebook and so forth actually aren't real people. I think that's AI that's been programmed to respond. Hmm. And that would be a fifth generation warfare tactic. Um, And that was described by Daniel Abbott as a war of information and perception. The information war, as uh, Alex Jones uh, coined that term, I think, a while back, or at least he registered the website. Yeah, Yeah, info war. Interesting. So do you think this whole supply chain thing is part yeah, of this? Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh I don't think it has to happen. I think it just is being forced to happen. I think it's being fostered and encouraged to happen. Free State uh, New Hampshire, the user watching us on Twitch tonight is chatting here. He said when we were discussing the supply chain 
holdups at the ports. He says tens of thousands of containers can't be moved from the port because California passed an emission standard which blocks any truck from more than three years old from even entering the state. I, I read that the other day. Yeah, he's right. I read that the other day. It's he says true. they're crashing the economy 24 7, 365 running the port that and that's what i'm talking about that's on purpose they yeah. know what that'll do and they're doing it on purpose that's fifth gen warfare he says this uh 24 7 still won't bring trucks to the port there's no more room for containers on the land at the port so they're literally full that's they cannot nutty. move and that is why the latest update here from the guardian is the backlog of cargo ships which was 60 Two weeks ago, when Ari and I were talking about this, 60 cargo ships that can contain, I think it was like 20,000 of these cargo containers. So, like, you do the math, and this thing, there were like basically half a million to a million because each ship's a little different size. So, somewhere in that range, upwards of a million cargo uh, containers, these 20 foot long units that you see people like, you know, buy the old ones and move into or whatever, those huge containers. A, mo- a million of those things waiting out there. And this and, was two weeks ago. And then the extreme left, which is clearly the people who are pushing this type of thing, get to say, look at the failures of, of the capitalism. Yeah. Look at how free markets have failed Except us. Except it's not free market. It's run oh. by the government. The ports are owned and operated by, by governments and unions mm-hmm. Okay, together. Uh, but now, as of Tuesday, according to The Guardian, there are now more than 100 ships waiting off of the coast of Los Angeles to uh, in Long Beach to unload thousands of containers. Uh, it has seen dozens of ships idling in the waters outside of the ports for weeks. Guess what? you got to pay those guys on that ship Yep. as they just sit there and wait. And China is probably going to keep pumping stuff this way to make it look even worse because China is communist and they want to look, look Eventually at there's the not failure. Gonna... And I, now we're hearing people saying we need to start pay- not people, who knows, it could be just more bots, AI, mm-hmm. saying we need to start paying our debts back to China. China holds our debt and they <laughs> want to get, we need to pay them. We need to make good on we that We need to debt. walk away and yeah, leave absolutely. the United States and declare independence as soon as possible yeah. and open up the, uh, the New Hampshire port to freedom, essentially. Because, look, it's not just California. What ended up happening was a lot of these uh, ships, they're like, well, we're not going to wait around here. We'll just, we'll just go through the Panama Canal and go to the East Coast and go to Savannah or New York City or New Jersey. There's ports there. Guess what? There's a backlog there, too. I'm sure. Now, it's not as heavy as it is out on the West Coast because, again, most of these ships are coming over from China. So, of course, they're going to go straight to Los Angeles. But if you're waiting and waiting and waiting for weeks out there and you can't even get into the port of course you're going to go try a different port but now there's a backup in savannah and there's a backup uh, off of new york and so this is this is a mess this is a real mess and it's intentional yeah and so you know that's why one of the reasons we're talking about independence here in new hampshire and it was mm-hmm. interesting today i was at uh, i'm wearing a well no, i wasn't I'm not wearing the shirt I was wearing earlier today. I was wearing my It's Not You, It's Me shirt that I got from hey, that's Top a, Lobster. Such a great shirt. Yeah. Uh, cool libertarian art artist. He made this this shirt where it shows the United States. I've had it on the last couple of nights, so if you watched us on the cam, you probably saw it. But it shows an image of the United States, an outline of the United States. And then New Hampshire is sort of highlighted in white, and it's popped out. It's broken from, off. Yeah, from the United States, and it's larger sort of to the to the, uh, to the the side of the map. And it says, it's not you, it's me. And then on the back, it says NHExit.us. And I'm standing there waiting at this barbecue place. We went out to lunch after the trials today that I, that I had attended. And I'm standing there, and one of the guys looked like the manager, 
maybe owner of the barbecue place, he says, hey, I like your shirt. And I said, yeah, well, did you know that New Hampshire's got a, uh, there's a, there might be a ballot measure next year to allow people to vote on this? And he said he had heard something about that. So, it's got support. This yeah. is not like the state of Jefferson in Northern California. You know, they got to deal with California. Yeah. <laughs> they, they would love to break off in Northern California, but they got to deal with California. We're just New Hampshire. And there's a lot of people around here who'd support that kind of thing. And we don't have to break off from anybody, but the rest of the United States. We don't have to break off from some behemoth. We don't have a New York City. Boston has no political control over us, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So we could technically, we could make this happen. I think it can happen. Now, whether or not the state reps and the senators will actually vote it to where then the people will have it on the ballot to vote in 2022, that's ultimately the question. I think if it can make it to the ballot, it can win. I don't, you know, how likely it is to win, I don't know, but I think it it's possible. If you would like to live in a freedom country then you ought to move on over to the state of New Hampshire yeah, and, and get here before run, next year. You get know? here before next year. Run for office, too. We can, if, it, if it fails next year, we'll try it again in a couple years sure after that. So, so get here and run for office. Yeah, put down some roots. Start meeting people in the community. Get out there. Get active. Find something that you like to do. Find the group of people that you like to hang out with because there's thousands of liberty-minded people here so you can hang out with the ones that you like. Yep. It's not like in most places where it's like five dorks in a, a restaurant once a month complaining about the, you know, the world. Yeah, it's 30 dorks in a restaurant. A whole lot of people here. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.